Good morning. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss, and my guest today is singer, writer, actor Nellie Mackay, animal advocate. Hello in there, of course, Nellie Mackay. Mackay first appeared on Talking Animals in April of 2004 when her debut album, Get Away From Me, was generating rave reviews and buzz galore, partly propelled by the dog song, a supremely catchy ode to the joys of a canine companion. She's gone on to record seven more albums, including her most recent, the 2019 EP, Bagatelles, and her music has been heard in an array of TV shows and films. A multi-talented artist, Mackay has acted on Broadway and off-Broadway, conceived and delivered onstage musical biographies depicting figures ranging from Billy Tipton to Joan Rivers, and many years ago wrote an extended piece for the New York Times Book Review, partly assessing a then-new biography of Doris Day, but mostly warmly saluting in insightful, eloquent terms a singer, actress, and animal advocate with whom she's long felt a powerful kinship. Mackay is a recipient of PETA's Humanitarian Award and the Humane Society's Doris Day Music Award, both recognizing her many years of commitment to work on behalf of improving animal welfare. We've been fortunate enough to speak with Nellie many times on this show. We're thrilled to talk with her again today. And we invite you to ask her questions and offer comments when we're joined by Nellie McKay in a few moments here on Talking Animals on WMNF. We'll uh, continue this instrumental in just a moment. Uh, we had a little snag trying to connect with Nellie a moment ago. I'm going to try her again right now, and I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about today's show. So this is Talking Animals on WMNF. Okay, all is well. We've got Nellie, and I just want to continue to tell you some important things about both today's show and, of course, next week's show. So one week from today, in fact, on February 16th, we'll be raising money here on Talking Animals for WMNF as part of the station's week-long winter fun drive. And given my sizable fundraising goal, 2500 bucks in less than an hour, yikes, it's enormously helpful to receive pledges before the fun drive show, which, again, it's just one week from today. So if you appreciate what we do here each Wednesday, if you like the interviews and other parts of our uh, program every Wednesday, please consider making an early pledge. Why not today? Just visit TalkingAnimals.net for details about fast, really easy ways to pledge and info about our Talking Animals exclusive thank you gifts, including a pair of amazing tickets to see the Eagles February 28th at Amelie Arena, part of their Hotel California 2022 tour. All the best tickets are long gone for that show, by the way, where they're going for upwards of 800 or 1,000 tickets or more, actually, per ticket. But we have a pair of great seats in Section 118 that you can uh, pledge for in support of Talking Animals and more broadly, WMNF. Other gifts that we have for Talking Animals, folks, are... uh, Matching sets of face masks and dog bandanas, right? So when you go out on your walk, you can be safe and uh, match what your dogs are wearing. Come on, what's not to like there? A discounted three-day VIP ticket to the Gasparilla Music Festival. Wine bottle corks shaped like either cats or dogs. And there's more gifts beyond that. So again, head to TalkingAnimals.net for info on gifts and pictures of them and ways you can support WMF Talking Animals and me. So again, appreciate if you could do that before next week just so we have some of our pledges in hand before we start our fundraising show which goes super fast in less than an hour meanwhile later in today's program i'll speak with paige valensky of gulfport brewery and eatery which just launched a weekly happy yappy hour some proceeds of which benefit a featured animal rescue and that rescue changes each month i believe some of the dogs from that rescue 
are on hand at these yappy hours, available for adoption at that moment, in fact. So more on this a bit later in today's show. Right now, let's talk with Nellie McKay and get caught up on music and animals and who knows what all kind of topics we'll hit. With a reminder that I invite you to join the conversation. And as I recall, Nellie does like to uh, chat with listeners. So by all means, don't be shy. Call 813-239-9663. Email dj at wmnf.org or text 813-433-0885. This is Nellie McKay back on Talking Animals on WMNF. Good morning, Nellie. Good morning, Justin. Thanks for joining us again on Talking Animals. So great to have you again. Oh, such a joy to be here. That's great. So, got an array of things to talk with you about, but one thing that almost seems just because it's uh, not quite breaking news, but it's uh, right up your alley, I think, in terms of the time that you do spend in New York City. So, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has touted his veganism, including in a book he wrote a couple years ago called Healthy at Last, Plant-Based Approach to Preventing and Reversing Diabetes and Other Chronic Illnesses. So now, as you probably know, he's embroiled in a controversy which has been dubbed Fishgate, and uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it just seemed like almost a, the ideal way to start our conversation today. I haven't heard about it. Oh. What is it? Okay. Well, so he's said he's like kind of the most famous vegan, and he's talked about uh, his veganism, and he wrote about, again, this this book, Plant-Based Approach, and kind of, one of another one of those books about the virtues of embracing a, a plant-based or vegan lifestyle. So I guess, as it turns out, just in the last couple of days, this is sort of broke, where he's eating fish and denying eating fish, and then admitting, or some of his spokespeople are admitting that he's eating fish, and uh, so it's become kind of this odd blight, sort of just in the early days of it in administrations. I mean, it's hard to be a mayor of New York City, no matter what what's going on, but this just seemed kind of like an, an odd uh, development. I just thought you might have uh, heard about it, uh, but it sounds like it's has not been uh, something you've come across so far. I, I haven't, but what I did come across, and I'm just looking it up again just so I get it right, was that I think in New York City schools, they had just, um, the, the New York City public school cafeterias are going vegan on Friday. Yeah. It's called Vegan Only Friday. So that's wonderful. And that's, you know, much more important. I mean, people, they, they try um, to cat someone out who is hopefully trying to do the right thing or stand for the right thing. Yeah. And it seems like it's very easy to um, to slip up. I mean, I know for myself, I mean, dairy can be found in so many things. And um, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I mean, how emotional food is, how, um, how um, depending on, on one's uh, lifestyle, where you are, your relationship to food, your income level, um, how it can be uh, easier or sometimes near impossible to avoid animal products. So I, I just... I just love this, that they're making these widespread changes in the New York City school system, yeah. which will be so good for the kids and for animals and, of course, for people in the earth. I mean, it can only help everybody. For sure. No, it's so great. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think part of the thing you noted along the way there, which I take serious exception to, is that when people are, I mean, I guess there's been like a real sort of hunt uh, for evidence about Mayor Adams eating and uh, someone said, oh, we saw salmon in his refrigerator. And I just think, geez, I mean, if you're doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing, as you just noted, it's even if you're super vigilant, it's hard. And uh, instead of being like sort of uh, persecuted or chased or whatever, I don't know, I just think how about celebrating the good side of things and, um, and noting that. And it, just, it is a weird coincidence, which I was also going to ask about the, uh, the New York schools, because I think that's a huge and I'd like to think potentially very influential development to do the vegan only Friday menu. 
It's just fantastic. And I think that it, it, people, they try, to, they try to find a hole in your philosophy or your behavior so that they don't have to consider theirs. And we should all be constantly uh, looking at our relationship to animals and, and the earth. And, um, but it, it's that thing. They want to prove you're a hypocrite so they don't have to think about it. Yeah, um, it's a great distraction. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I mean, I just, uh, I, I hope that, um, that this is the way it's going. I, I, I think as more and more people find out, you know, I mean, most people do care about animals. And, um, and they also, they realize we're all animals and what we do to animals in the earth affects us in so many ways. And so I hope this is um, going to continue yeah. to change with the, with the school cafeterias. And I think it can because I think so much of that is, can just be based on community involvement that you can meet with your school board and put it forth. How about one day a week? You right. Know? Or, you know, it's, it's something a small group of parents or teachers um, might be able to really affect. For sure. And I think the key thing, like you just noted, is just proposing something small, reasonable and incremental. You're not saying, hey, the whole manual, all five days of the school week are going to be totally revamped. I mean, that would be obviously a super tough sell. But one day, I think people, especially because when they try it, and I think this has already happened, people find that they really like the items that are offered on Vegan Only Friday. So, and then we may or may not go to other at least other school districts, if not other days. But, I mean, it's all very reasonable if you introduce it that way. And uh, I just think this is a huge, great sign, a great step forward, especially well, if... Well, and, well, oh, no, go ahead, especially if... Sorry. No, no, I'm just going to say, especially if you just look at or are aware of some of the school uh, cafeteria menus that happen just as a matter of course. I mean, this is, I think, a step up in some ways, almost regardless of what's being served that, that given Friday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the thing. I was going to say that, you know, the meat and dairy is so subsidized, but it's hard for some parents to, uh, there's a scene in, I think it's in fast food, uh, there's a, there's a Food Incorporated, a documentary, and they follow a poor family around, a, a, a low-income family around a grocery store, and they compare, you know, the cost of a head of broccoli to the cost of the dollar menu. And so I, I think most people would love for their kids to have something that, that's more nutritious, um, even though often the most affordable thing is meat and dairy because it's so subsidized. Yeah, and again, if you're trying to get groceries or other things, you, you run into sometimes those obstacles on a broader level, even if you say, well, let's try to embrace that. Let's get, let's have that be part of our food on hand here. But sometimes the bills are so strikingly different that that hits a snag almost immediately. Yeah, and so I just, I just love however we can make it accessible and lower the price. Yeah, for sure. And also, again, if it's introduced that way at school and people do like what they have on, on, on any given vegan-only Friday, it just seems like people would make extra efforts, even if it required, you know, going a little bit further to get that, that particular item or, you know, go to that particular store, um, just because people would already be excited about it because of what happened that day at school. So... Yeah, I mean, I have a hard enough time switching from candy bars to an apple. But <laughs> right. If, you know, if you can actually acquire the taste for something that's good for you, what a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So um, so one of the things that uh, when we spoke briefly over the weekend, I heard a, uh, I heard at least one dog in the background. So I thought let's, uh, we usually try to check in to see what's going on in terms of a lowdown of either animals that you're currently living with and or that you're fostering because it seems like sometimes one or both things are happening. So who, who who do we have or who did I hear at least the other day? 
Oh, well, here, I'll put her on. Hello, Duncan. My name is Bessie. I'm a dog. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sounds very similar to your voice, coincidentally. But, uh, all right, so Bessie, yeah, so she's been with you a number of years. Uh, yes, and she just has one catchphrase she wants to share with you, which is, I loathe and despise my mother. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> all right. Loathe and despise her. So, yeah, that's all she basically says to me all day. But in spite of that, I try to feed and take care of her the best of my ability. Yeah, I don't think she's. I don't think she means it. Also, possibly. <laughs> well, you know, dogs are kind of permanent teenagers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So with Bessie, um, I mean, I think you. I think I think you started off fostering Bessie, and then it was kind of maybe one of those great foster fails, and then she just yeah. became part of the household. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and as I recall, I think she's a, a sort of pit. Pitbull type dog. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There's no actual um, breed called pitbull. It's right. The kind of uh, dogs that are uh, discriminated against, and um, and they they're you know they've been treated very cruelly uh, a lot of times. And uh, Bessie was a throwaway mom. Uh, sometimes dogs are trained to bite, and they're actually very loving, uh, you know, beautiful um, companions. And um, uh, so. Yeah, I, I, when I took her to the adoption event and I found myself talking people out of adopting her, I knew it was over. Yeah, she's not going anywhere. And <laughs> so, Nellie, is that being a, kind of an example? I mean, do you lean towards fostering or adopting a certain kind of dog? In this case, Bessie's, a, as we established, kind of a pit bull type dog because it serves as an additional bit of um, advocacy. Like, I'm not just adopting or fostering this dog, but I'm doing so because it's a dog that tends to get kind of a bum rap and is often overlooked when people are going to adopt a, a dog from the shelters. I guess it could. I mean, I know you know some people who adopt greyhounds. That's an uh, opportunity to tell people about greyhound racing and how uh, cruel it is. Um, and uh, but you know, it, 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 she just came into my life completely by accident. I mean, I think a lot of times the animals find you, and something in them speaks to you. I, I think you know, black animals are uh, some of the least likely to be adopted. Yeah. Uh, at the and older animals um, are overlooked sometimes for years. Uh, they're just sitting there in a cage waiting for you while everyone goes for the puppies. Um, and then I, I think I have sympathy for female animals who have had puppies and so have been through that whole experience of, of giving birth. Her when I got her, she was still lactating and she was all swollen. And uh, I just thought I, I can't let this dog be uh, be killed. Yeah. You know, he deserves better. Yeah. No, for sure. It's just that kind of urgency in that situation where you feel like I wasn't planning on adopting at the moment, but I've got to, I've got to at least foster. And I'm kind of, you probably already, I think maybe had a hunch that, that it was going to go beyond fostering probably with, with Bessie. Oh, I, I, I sure didn't. I, you no? know, is that, no, yeah, there's that feeling, you know, when you think, what have I got myself into? Yeah. When we found a dog when I was a kid, my dog, Joey, um, named after Joey Buttafuoco. Okay. And he, he had been huddling, you know, um, he had oil in his ears. He'd been kept in a basement and mom brought him in. And when she first picked him up, he uh, he wet himself and all over her. And she thought, oh, God, what have I done? Mm. But, you know... <laughs> You know, um, how can you give up on an animal? They're so vulnerable and dependent on us. Yeah, and especially in a situation like that, it's almost like, well, this dog clearly isn't going anywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just... You know, he, he need, Joey, Joey needs us, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> just 
immediately they become your friends and, and their personalities start to come out um, in just a, a couple of days. And that first wolf or wag of a tail or kind of lean into you, oh. Yeah, it's all it's all but, over at that point. It, yeah, to paraphrase Mark Twain, the more I know people, the better I like animals. Yeah, exactly. So we have talked a number of times. It's always a huge treat. This is the first time we've talked since Doris Day died. And obviously she was a just monumentally significant figure to you. I mean, you recorded Normal's Blueberry Pie, a tribute to Doris Day a few years back. And you wrote that piece I alluded to in the introduction for the New York Times book review that was partly a reviewing a new biography, a, a then new at least biography of Doris Day. But, but you know, it was really a broader assessment of her and kind of what's special about her. So what made her such an important artist to you? What were some of the most important ways that she spoke to you? Because it seemed like there was a, just a huge kinship and, and probably still is even though now she's gone. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I think I first knew of her because I knew that she started the uh, Animal Foundation and League. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, she was ahead of her time. And I think she considered what people said to her because in her earlier movies, for instance, she wore a fur and um, I think she got letters and I think she read them and she considered and she, um, uh, you know, she saw the cruelty of the fur industry. And uh, that's just a beautiful thing to uh, be open to learning something new and and change. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's easy to get set in your ways or your ideas. So that was a beautiful thing. And then she started, you know, her league and foundation that... Um, addressed all forms of animal cruelty, um, you know, um, not just uh, encouraging spay and neuter and adoption, but um, uh, talking about animals in laboratories and yeah. animals factory farms. So uh, I, I just think, you know, most people really do care and, and they, they want to find a way to make the world better for animals. And uh, so she really helped people find a community that way and um and make things better so if i follow you because we talked a few times about doris day over the years but i might have missed this until just now if i if i understood you correctly so your interest in doris day came through her animal work first and only then later you became more steeped in her career as a, a singer and actress and so on I think so. I think it was, we went on a uh, protest. We, we drove down a bunch of us from Pennsylvania to Baltimore, if I got this right. And it was a protest outside an aquarium. Mm. Uh, not, it was SeaWorld or another aquarium. And then we had a little bit of time before catching the bus back or however we did it. And uh, there was a music store there right on, the, on Baltimore Harbor. And I got a record of her and I just loved the cover you know she was in a uh, a, a, a dress I think it was on a boat it might have been from Romance on the High Seas which was her first movie yeah and um, and you know just knowing that she also cared about animals uh, and I just loved that record and uh, and I loved the way that you know she sang a ballad uh, and later on when she married Marty Meltzer he said only kind of up-tempo uh, novelty songs and that was um, that it was good to, uh, she eventually got away from him and, and that because mm-hmm. um, uh, that that took away from her artistry yeah yeah it's kind of squandering her considerable talent so yeah, just yeah. As you got more and more steeped in her career, obviously, then there came a time where you said, well, you know what, I'm going to, my next 
album is actually going to be a tribute, really, to her, which was that normal as blueberry pie. And um, did you ever either meet her or, or at least get any kind of word from her about that album? Yes, I spoke to her for an interview, and she sounded just like Doris Day. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, just just uh, um, what a what a treat. And and I know to the end, she had uh, rescue dogs, and um, you know, boy, did those dogs hit the jackpot to live at her home in Carmel. Yeah, and you know, she. I think she said that when she was coming home, she would. Uh, ring the telephone once or twice, and it, when they heard that, they would know she was coming, and then they'd wait at the door. Oh, that's great. A great, uh, hey, um, signaling I'm my, my imminent arrival. So, uh, yeah, that's that's tremendous. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, I mean, I figured you might have at least spoken with her, possibly met her, but because she was really quite reclusive for at least a lot of those later years. I mean, even just... Like, I invited her, not surprisingly, to be a guest on this show many times, and that would have just probably been a phone call, so not even a face-to-face thing, which I know that she was particularly kind of uh, averse to. Yet someone speaking on her behalf always sort of politely declined in each instance, and uh, and it just, I, I, I just always thought that was really interesting, and I, you know, always regretted it just because, uh, as, as we're discussing, she was so amazing and singular in, in so many regards, but just so ahead of her time in terms of animals and protecting them and then moving into even... And, um, calling attention to research and some of those things that, that people wouldn't necessarily uh, have done, especially back when she started doing it. So she was really extraordinary. Yeah, and uh, gee, I mean, I guess if, if you can retire, why not? Just take it. You know, she worked. Yeah, she worked really hard for a long time, and then and then, then she said, you know, I'm done. I got I got my place in Carmel. I've got my animals, and uh, what a great way to uh, to live that portion of her life. Yeah, I I just uh, I I um uh so so I think that the foundation and uh, and the league I think they're continuing or they may have merged with another group, but I mean that that's just what a wonderful legacy to have. I still have um, notes that uh, that some of her members wrote me. I guess I've been featured in a newsletter or something, and, and I just treasure them. Oh, I'll bet. Handwritten letters, you know? Yeah. Um, what Can you remember what one or two of them said? Because uh, I'd love to hear that. It must have been, for some reason, I'm sure I didn't deserve it, but it was the thank you or something. And, and these, these, you know, sweet people with sweet, you know, stamps, or they have the kind of um, stick-on letterhead with your address, you know, on the envelope. And, uh, yeah. and just handwritten, thoughtful um, it, you know, it's just I still have them. That's in my great. Hallway. They make me feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. Oh yeah, that's... yeah. But they're a good motivator that way. Sure, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the curious uh, upshot of a of a thank you note, I guess, of that kind. But um. Let me let folks know who might just be tuning in. This is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. If you did just tune in, my guest is Nellie Mackay, the singer, writer, actress, animal welfare advocate, and we're of uh, still more hats than that. And we do uh, invite you to join the conversation. So if you'd like to ask Nellie a question or offer a comment, please call 813-239-9663, email dj at wmnf.org, or text 813-433-0885. So what you just said there kind of, Gives me a question or two. One is that right now it seems like you're kind of chiefly doing uh, touring and doing some some live dates, and I know that we talked about and we don't we don't know them, but we'll we'll come back and and 
and talk briefly again when we do know them. But I know there's some Florida dates that were pending and then I guess had to be postponed or rescheduled. But um, I, I don't think we know those new dates yet, do we? No, it was, it was right at the pandemic when yeah. it started. And uh, and so we still haven't rescheduled them. And it's been two bloody years. <laughs> so I am so ready. Yeah, so we'll, we'll reconvene when those dates are set to make sure everybody uh, that listens to this show uh, knows where and when they can, uh, can catch you live. Because I don't think of you as making that many trips down to Florida, to even under non-pandemic times so it, it's it's kind of a rare treat but um but you you do seem to be kind of doing touring when, when as as the pandemic allows um so but you've also done as uh, kind of alluded to you've acted on broadway and off broadway obviously for that matter and any number of other projects when you did those things in addition to, to playing live dates was it just a matter of of taking on a new artistic challenge was was there something else that was propelling you to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I, w- I want to, tr- I'm gonna try acting on Broadway just because um, it's it's speaking to me, and I I I'd like to you know give it a try, and I think I could do it and do it well." So, are those how some of the broader things that have uh, you know uh, kind of marked your career over the years come along, or has there been something else that's propelled those uh, those explorations? No, it's just, you know, people ask you, you know. <laughs> it's as simple as <laughs> so that. I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say I say yes to probably most things. Um, wow. Maybe not always wisely, but yeah, you know, uh, uh, um, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a home. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, but... I must say, you know, when you say it doesn't seem like you've spent much time in Florida, I have spent a fair amount of time down there, and I really love it. There's so much to Florida. There's so many different parts. There's part of Florida that's basically South Georgia, you know? Yeah. And then you got, uh, you know, you got the, the Miami scene. You've got um, Western Florida, which, you know, is so beautiful and, and has uh, a lot of richness of history, too. So, um you know, I, uh, I I think it's beautiful. Last time I was there, I was taking some pictures uh, of the sunset through some beautiful trees. I mean, you get in some of those back roads. It doesn't feel like Florida anymore. Yeah. It just feels wild and free. Um, so I uh, I think Jack Kerouac spent some time in Florida. And, and, and you know, you can, you can feel that, too. So yeah. I don't think I've spent enough time there, really. Yeah, well, that's uh, I guess that's what I was suggesting. It's certainly maybe not enough time uh, performing, just because it's it's uh, it seems like it's kind of a rare um, occasion when that does happen. But it sounds like you're certainly uh, pro Florida in terms of some of the other um, pleasures that it has to offer. So that's that's great. So it sounds like as soon as it could possibly be rescheduled, we will see you back down here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll have some of those fresh mangoes. Okay, there you go. So uh, so let's shift gears a little bit um, to, I guess, kind of the presidential topic. The, the Biden inst- administration obviously facing all kinds of formidable challenges, but it does seem to be strongly pro, pro-pet that White House, particularly in contrast to the uh, that of its predecessor. Um, 
But, you know, even there, there have been some bumps in the road, you know, with Major, I guess, the first rescue dog to live there uh, being reassigned, shall we say. And um, But then there just there was this new cat that, that arrived. What does it suggest to you, at least, about a president or more broadly an administration when, when pets are part of the first family? Uh, well, I mean, I think that when you live with an animal, that can uh, um, broaden your empathy to spend time with an animal. I think that that's a beautiful thing. Everybody should have animals, and, and we should have, uh, what do you call it, like a tax exemption. Uh, okay, for right. Animals. And, and we not only need uh, people's health to be covered, um, we need health care for people and we need health care for animals because that's so much of the reason that people either give an animal up or put them to sleep or um, don't get them in the first place or an animal suffers um, is, is because they, they can't afford health care and that's a crime. That's really true. It can get very, very expensive. And uh, and like you say, that, that makes some people reluctant to even go down the path of adopting when they otherwise would like to. Or they are down that path and they're hit by some staggering expense uh, and they're, they're stuck. They just, you know, they can't, they can't take, take that on. And as with people, a little thing they can ignore because they can't afford the checkup or the smaller procedures that that entails. They can't even afford that, yeah. and it grows into a bigger problem. Um, it's just, um, it's, uh, it's, it's immoral to not take care of each other. Yeah, well, I think with uh, some of the challenges we're having with uh Healthcare being provided in in a way that really makes sense for humans it, it uh, might be uh, might be a while before we get to uh, the healthcare being provided for the for the pets. But but it absolutely is a good point and, and makes such a huge difference to so many people. And because um, sometimes, as as you know, when shelters or rescues provide, you know, they waive the adoption fee, which which can be great in terms of finding a lot of animals' homes. But but then you know, sometimes, not always, thankfully, but sometimes there's the catch of something that expensive does come along medically. And then the reason why maybe those people hadn't adopted initially is because they couldn't take on some of those expenses. And then, then you got a real uh, tough problem there to, to, to grapple with. So, um, again, I, I like your idea. And we got to, we got to push for, for uh, universal pet healthcare, I guess, is what we're going to maybe call it. Yeah, well, but, you know, also when people are better taken care of, um, you would hope that then they can extend their mercy more towards animals. Uh, but, I mean, sometimes I find this theory tested within myself because I see the people who have the least are the most generous with what they, what little they have, you know, even if it's just a scrap of food. Whereas the people who have the most, uh, the, you know, the more the higher you get in income, your empathy tends to go down. I mean, they've done studies about this, and you have a hard time reading other people's emotions, and it disassociates you from life, and there's a whole pathology of the rich. So, I mean, that can work in the other way, but I would like to think that, you know, if if, if people uh, uh, have their basic needs met, 
and a few of the comforts of existence that they can then extend their mercy, and that's what we need. For sure, yeah. So I know you are doing, uh, as we talked about, uh, you are doing some live dates. You just wrapped up some. I think some more are coming this this month, and I think even into March. Are there other things that are on the horizon? You said that, hey, all you have to do is ask me, and I'll pretty much say yes to whatever the opportunity, the gig, the uh, yeah. the role might be. So are, are there ones that we don't know about yet that you can tell us about that are also coming in addition to the live dates? Oh, um, oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I just hope we can, um, you know, make another record or records this year. Um, and, um, and then I, I, we were just about to do a show off Broadway, uh, when the, uh, storm hit. So, uh, I think that's all a bit slow coming back because there are only so many theaters. And, um, uh, I, I know that if New York, uh, got rid of the mandate, they'd have a lot more people wanting to come in uh i mean still a lot of people are moving to florida because they can't take living in new york anymore yeah so that will vastly help the art if um if the punitive measures uh go away so i'm i'm hoping it's uh it's 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 coming back now and and uh i i hope that you know throughout these past couple of years when people have adopted animals that um that that has somehow enriched their lives yeah and if it's you know I, i'm i'm heartened by that and I know a lot of the animals were happy that people were staying at home more. For sure. Yeah, that was a big, big plus for them. Absolutely. So when you say uh, you hope to make another record, just because the, the the records in your catalog have covered so much ground, can you say, do you, do you know what kind of sort of focus this next record would have when it does come time to, to make it? Yeah. Well, Betsy's saying, I want the focus on me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, gee, I, I guess, uh, my God, I don't know in terms of focus, but okay. sound, um, I mean, I'm not sure about thematic focus so much, but in terms of sound, uh, I, I might be working with a, a group that I've worked with before, um, uh, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to that, I, and we might be spending some time together soon kind of figuring out, um, you know, a, a, a way to approach the music. Do you think it would be mostly originals or covers or a combo, or is that still kind of being sorted out? Oh, no, it would be originals at this point. It's about time. Yeah. Goodness, there is enough to uh, to to write about. And, um, I, uh, you know, I was just thinking uh, a lot about um, uh, animal activists and, and people who care about animals, that um, they can still fall into the trap. And, you know, myself uh, included, though I think that's changed a bit with me, but um, in, into obeying authority. And, uh, but nobody who knows what is, is done to animals um, should fall for arbitrary authority of experts or, or people. You know, you, you always want to question. You always want to have, you always want to um, uh, ask yourself, in whose interest is this policy? Um, you know, uh, is this de being determined by people who have their own um, uh, interest and background and might they make profit off of it? And um, uh, y you always want to follow the money and ask yourself who benefits. Yeah. And so I just I, I just been thinking, I know that will find its way onto the record somehow because um, uh Nobody is more a victim of the system than the animals. And so those of us who care about animals, we have to be careful that we're not, uh, through partisanship, uh, inclined to propping up the system or just going along with the whoever it is because they're not so-and-so. Yeah. You know, it, you, you, you fall into one camp or the other. And if, you know, if it's both 
if both camps are corporate, you know, or if, if both camps are kind of urging you to take things purely at face value, um, you, you know, you want to you want to have your own mind because certainly you have to have your own mind to be an animal activist because you're going against the grain in so many ways. You're challenging so many assumptions. Yeah. So you want to continue with that. Well, uh Bessie, curiously, has gone quiet at this, but she certainly had a lot to say a moment ago. So I think I think you have her tacit endorsement uh, for uh, <laughs> how, how this gets expressed on the, the next record and, and more generally. So, uh, well, that's very sweet. Well, just as I'm, uh, I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm going to just have to follow her and make sure she doesn't eat any grass. Okay, all right. <laughs> Can't even trust your own dog. That's right. You got to, yeah, got to keep an eye on her. So, uh, mm-hmm. so Nelly, we have just about reached the end of uh, our time. Just one last quick question, uh, potentially quick. The off Broadway thing would that would that have been, or will it be, when you do swing back around to it, another kind of musical biography like the things you've done with, like Billy Tipton and and uh, Joan Rivers and some of the others that you've um, depicted, kind of uh, on stage. Um, actually, it, we did a show in L.A. Uh, that was written by Ethan Cohen of the Cohen brothers. Oh, wow. And so that was supposed to come to New York. And, uh, you know, what was it? March 18th, 2020. We got the memo that it was being delayed. Mm. And, um, but I, I know he wants to mount it in New York. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And, uh, and what's it called? It's called A Play is a Poem. Okay, cool. Well, that's one to keep an eye out for. Absolutely. A delight. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, Nellie, thank you once again for joining us on Talking Elms. It's always a treat to talk to you. And, uh, and I get, felt like we got some extra chatter in with uh, with Bessie, which was a huge added bonus. So <laughs> we'll remind people that your website is Nellie McKay. It's N-E-L-L-I-E-M-C-K-A-Y.com. And that's where the current dates are listed. And the Florida dates will be added when they are rescheduled. But we'll definitely chat again briefly when those dates are um, rescheduled so make sure everybody knows about that and can come see you and say hi so thanks again for joining us today on Talking Animals really appreciate it thank you thank you Duncan it's me Bessie thank you okay bye Bessie in a moment I'll speak with Paige Valensky of Gulfport Brewery and Eatery about the establishment's new Thursday night yappy hour, which benefits a given animal rescue and provides the opportunity to adopt some animals from that rescue right there on the spot. More on this in a moment. Right now, we're going to step into the comedy corner with something from Dusty Slay, making his debut today in the comedy corner, and one of those rising comedians who currently has a half-hour special on Netflix. Here's a portion of a piece called Trailer Park Pets from Dusty Slay in today's comedy corner on Talking Animals on WMNF. I feel like parents are uh, a lot different today than they were when I was growing up, like especially when it comes to pets, right? Because nowadays you might hear some parent be like, we got to take our cat to the vet. Right? But when I was growing up, my dad would be like, we don't have a cat anymore. <laughs> and then we didn't. You know? <laughs> they couldn't even get mad about it. I'd just be like, well, I hope we get another one. He's like, well, we'll see what wanders up. Because we didn't have real pets. We just had prisoners of nature. Like a dog would wander up, we'd chain him to a tree. Now he's ours. That's why we didn't believe in the Easter Bunny, right? We knew if a bunny came to our house, we'd lock him up. <laughs> we had the meanest cat you ever seen for about two weeks. Found out it was a possum. And... <laughs> I 
possums are scary. I don't know if you've seen them before. If I see a possum in my backyard, I just go inside. I don't come out for two weeks. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it. You ever go to somebody's house and they got a dog that's barking at you, growling at you, and they go, oh, he won't bite. It's like, why do you think that? Because he's never done it before? Well, maybe today is the day. Because he looks like he wants to bite. They always go, well, he might lick you to death. I'm like, death? Who said anything about dying? I'm just worried about being bitten. I don't even know why you brought up death. That was Dusty Slay. And today's Comedy Corner with a portion of a piece called Trailer Park Pets, taken from his album Son of a Ditch. Now it's time to speak with Paige Valensky about the new Thursday night yappy hour launched this month at Gulfport Brewery and Eatery. This is Paige Valensky on Talking Animals on WMNF. Good morning, Paige. Great, thanks for joining us on Talking Animals. And uh, so I believe tomorrow represents the second edition of your uh, Yappy Hour. Did I hear a, a p- possible participant in the background there? <laughs> yes, he is uh, very much wanting to be out here with me. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That's that's what we like. It's called Talking Animals, so it's only reasonable to have a talking animal when we can. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, the, the Happy Hour, I think, was launched last week. And so this t- t- tomorrow night will be the second, uh, the second edition. Am I correct? That is correct. Great. So what prompted Gulfport Brewery to do this, to, to start this thing? Oh, well, we love animals. Um, obviously, you can hear my dog in the background. We love yeah. animals. We love supporting good causes. Um, so we kind of thought, what could we do to tie those two things together? So each month, we're featuring a different local dog rescue. Uh, this month is Giant Dog Rescue of Florida. Um, and from 3 to 9 p.m. on Thursdays, we're picking a featured beer of the week which tomorrow is our Gulfport Gold. It's our most popular selling beer. And uh, when you buy a pint from 3 to 9 p.m., a dollar will go towards the Giant Dog Rescue of Florida. Uh, We also collect um, additional donations uh, monetarily as well as items that the rescue is looking for. Uh, With giant dogs, obviously, toys are pretty expensive. The Kong toys, Jolly Balls, uh, stuffless toys. Um, dog bed, dog treats, collecting all that. Um, and it's just a fun time. A lot of people bring their dogs out and get to socialize a little bit with other um, pet lovers. Well, that sounds really cool. Um, it sounds like uh, there's enough uh, dog lovers on hand there, including yourself. Uh, yeah. But was there any reservations about doing this? I mean, m- many folks are dog lovers, but, you know, some, of course, now and again aren't and might not support the idea of going on, on a certain night to, to have a, a brew or two or a bite to eat and then and there was dogs hanging around or whatever. So do you have any any reservations about that when you guys decided to go ahead with this? Uh, no, because we're uh, the dog part is outside. Since okay. we're in a restaurant, the dogs can't be inside. So right. people are not dog fans. They can go inside. We also have a front porch as well as a side porch. And it tended to be the dogs gathering on the side. So the front porch was kind of dog-free as well. Cool. Um, and then actually starting tomorrow, we're going to be adding um, vendors, local places that um, have either services or products um, for dogs and pets um, on hand as well. So you can get a little shopping done, too. Oh, wow. That, that's great. Now, how do you guys select the the rescues that will be spotlighted uh, each Thursday? So we, sure. We started, uh, we have a mug club, and we kind of started there. I reached out um, 
to the people in our mug club to kind of see which dog maybe their dogs came from or um, that they know in the area. So we have a lot of um, dog rescue dogs that are in our mug club, <laughs> and um, and we have mug club participants that volunteer as well. So we kind of started there. Oh, that's great. So it's currently, as I think you alluded to, Florida Giant Dog Rescue. And yeah. uh, can, we, can we get a sneak preview of who will be uh, the rescue for next month? Uh, what? I am not sure yet. Okay. Um, I'm too too soon to say. People. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Okay, no problem. So I've got a few lined up, um, but we do make the event, um, you know, it's available on our Facebook page, and uh, so you can get more information there, as well as the list of requested items for the rescue. No, that's really cool. So basically, what people can count on is it's every Thursday, there's always going to be a yappy hour, and then each month it's going to be devoted to a different rescue. And at the moment, again, it's the Florida Giant Dog Rescue. The March Correct. one is is uh, yet to be named, but uh, stay tuned, I guess, as they say on Radio Land for uh, who, that, who that will be. <laughs> and again, you can find that information and some of the other stuff you said about people that are looking to, to donate to that rescue by going, just finding uh, Gulfport Brewery and Eatery's uh, social media pages. That is correct. Great. Well, Paige, thanks for joining us today on Talking Animals, and uh, best wishes on, it sounds like, very cool and kind of a little bit more uh, ambitious version of, of a Yampi Hour than some. And, I mean, they're all good, but this one sounds like it's serving a lot of purposes, which is just tremendous and great for the dogs. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Coming up on WMF, the music kicks back in momentarily with Scott Elliott from noon to 3 p.m. A glorious three hours of music followed by Robin Hooper with yet another three hours of music. And we just keep the music coming as we roll into our block of Latin programming and beyond. Meanwhile, on this show at the moment is the prize for Name That Animal Tune. I'll be offering something fabulous from the Talking Animals Vault. The first person who calls 813-239-9663 and correctly identifies this animal song by an artist who's sort of been in the news, you might say, a bit lately. Let's name that animal tune on Talking Animals on WMNF. No regrets, Coyote. We just come from such different sets of circumstance. I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail while the sun is ascending and I'll just All right, if you can name that animal tune, we'll take your guess off the air as soon as we get off finishing up the show because we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. I hope you'll join me next Wednesday when the fabulous Laura Taylor and I will be here starting at 11 a.m. seeking to raise money for WMNF as part of its winter fun drive of the week, week-long drive this time around. Before that, I hope you'll consider making an early pledge in support of WMNF and Talking Animals. Please visit TalkingAnimals.net for details on fast, really easy ways to pledge and our exclusive thank you gifts. Got some pretty cool ones, I think, this time around. So just hit TalkingAnimals.net for that. There's audio archives there as well, links to our social media pages and more. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to find out about our guests a couple of days beforehand and other news from the Talking Animals world. I'm Duncan Strauss. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. 
Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. This is Talking Animals on WMF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo, Wikiwachi, and beyond. Scott Elliott is up next after a brief NPR News headline.